Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. Hope everybody's doing okay tonight. Yeah, hopefully everyone is. I am uh, wrenching myself away from baseball tonight to do this. So we're going to uh, try to work on this quickly and bring everyone up to date. Uh, another good um, another good week. Well, it's a weird week, right, Rob? Uh, good result for the Dukes. Good result. The, uh, That's good the result. You got to keep things in perspective. Yeah. yeah, keep things in perspective. They uh, completed the road trip, um, three-game road trip, three wins. Tough to beat that. Uh, went up to Stone, Stony Brook on Stony Brook's homecoming and uh, won the game. So kind of an uh, interesting week. We are – as always, brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing Company in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go by the tap room anytime. Mention the podcast. You'll get a free pint glass. It is that time of year for switching to fall and even some winter beers soon. So good time as the weather has finally broken. And, and they, uh, uh, they won a medal at the Great American Beer Festival. Yeah, it's really cool for them. I mean, yeah, big they, congrats. I think, to I think they guys. got a bronze for the Red Molly. Yeah, that, I think so. That awesome? Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's cool. Yeah. Congratulations so, to the guys. Yeah, really, really cool. And, um, you know, so that's uh, go by Pale Fire anytime you get your free pint class. Um, we, as always, you can rate or review us wherever you get your podcast. Um, we don't, we're going we're gonna to kind of look big picture tonight and sort of talk some big things about the game. We're not going to go quite as, um, I don't know, regimented as we tend to usually do. Uh, Rob, I, I don't know, you know, there's all kinds of things to talk about. I guess the only other thing I want to talk about, normally we go around and talk about JMU sports, what have you, but a, um, Cross country team, I did see they won a meet last week that was like they came in first out of 38 teams, uh, men's cross country. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I haven't, haven't seen a lot of that. So, a team we, no. I'm not sure that we've ever talked about cross country with any like, you know, major success. So, um, oh, I'm sure they if, were fast or, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. But, congrats to them. <laughs> um, but so, JMU held on. Uh, a guy, I don't know if they ever really got saying they got out to a lead would not exactly be. <laughs> This game was back and forth. Uh, JMU had a couple chances to pull ahead and, and really put this one away in the second half. They never made that happen. And Stony Brook came all the way back, tied the game in the end, sent it to overtime, where JMU did score, and Stony Brook did not. Uh, so they held them, held them off and won in overtime. Uh, I don't know they what – They could have lost. I mean, that, that last pass yeah. was inches away. I, mean, I guess it would have tied it. Tied it they right. could have gone for two. Who knows? Yeah. Um, well, we've got, I got all kinds of things to say about – secondary play and i'm sure we'll get to that um but what was your kind of i don't know what was your first like big picture takeaway from this game i mean i i try to be positive so let's stick to the positives yeah. first of all um the offensive line is just it's not even fair these past two weeks you know what after they had that game against elon you and i were joking that it wasn't even that they were like making holes they were just pushing the opposition mm-hmm. for it they were just stony brook was I think the second best Rundy in the league before this? Mm-hmm. They dropped to like fourth after yeah. the, they're giving up like eighty something yards a game. Mm-hmm. Jamie ran for over three hundred, averaged like six yards a pop. And I, you and I have talked about this all year. Like the running back by committee, we think is a bad idea. But I've kind of gone the corner on this. It's almost like how the NFL has arranged. You've got maybe like the McCaffreys or the Saquon Barkleys of the world, but everybody else is just kind of like. Mm-hmm. It's really – the run game is really more about the offensive line. It is. Um, and with this line, I, I feel like you and I could rush for positive yards. <laughs> yeah, these guys. Yeah, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – Yeah, we're not I mean, breaking like, off the – We're not breaking off, but if, if you give me yards. 10 chances, yeah. I could probably get a total of five yards, right, and exactly, if, yeah. assuming I didn't die. Right. Um, 
I'm just so impressed by the way the line is playing and pass protection as well. I think they do a good job of kind of creating a pocket for Nooch. He's good at working with the space, but um, Hamilton, Van Horse, Percy were all great. Hamilton impresses me more and more by the week. He sure does. Um, and and, the and just the breakaway of... speed that he has, it, it's scary. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, it's just like you got to focus on that. Like, Stony Brook is a good team. Um, mm-hmm. To me, they look like a team that's easily going to be in that seven, eight wins playoff hunt type, mm-hmm. type thing. Um, they're pro- they're not like a championship contender, mm-hmm. but we've seen this is not a fluke. Priori, while he is a bit of a villain and we don't like him, the guy knows how to develop um, run games and run defenses. Sure. And it didn't look that way this weekend. I mean, that, that was just crazy on, on the, on the ground game. It just, mm-hmm. it wasn't even fair. And then they did just enough passing. Um, I think the design runs for neutral, just kind of like delayed. They don't even draws, but just when he makes, when he sees something mm-hmm. and he's got the one he goes for it, everything about the offense, I was pleased about with the exception of the fumbles, but like yeah. every single time that Jamie scored, mm-hmm. I took a deep breath and I was like, all right, well, yeah. I guess they're going to win 35 to seven. Th- yeah. Then it's like, it's like, Oh, never mind. I guess it'll, you know, win to whatever to 14. Like I kept thinking they were going to blow them out. Me too. Yeah. And they just didn't like, I, I didn't really enjoy that game as much as I endured it. That's you exactly. know, as a fan, yeah. it was just oh. like this giant, like, Ooh, they did it. Like it, it was just not a fun experience. But at the end of the day, they won a third road game in a row against a quality team homecoming fired up a team that has kind of wanted to beat Jamie in the worst way the past couple of years. So the end result is good, but man, it, it was, it was ugly there. Yeah, it really was. And I, um, I listened the one thing just to finish up on the offensive line, they played at least seven guys. I know this week, they might've even played eight. I know that JT Timming played fairly significant time mm-hmm. in this game, um, which is good. I mean, t- it, and there didn't seem to be a drop off that I noticed. Uh, I heard Signetti talking about that on the, on the, press conference today just that they had used some other guys uh i think this game was a little weird it was really up and down he did talk about how you know sort of three game road trip it's been very the last two games were extremely hot uh, you know that he, he was looking forward to guys being a little hoping that maybe conditioning wasn't going to be as much of a factor the rest of the season as the weather cools off um so i don't know exactly what happened this weekend as far as guys wearing down and at the end of a long trip uh, but it's good on the line that they've been rotating some guys in and, and keeping guys fresh and hopefully building some experience if they do have an injury. So that was big. And what you said about Jawan, it's getting, he, not only is he getting more comfortable, but it is looking like that one-two punch of him and Percy is really developing, kind of what yeah. we all envisioned, I think. Kind of like the Hardon and Khalid Abdullah. Yeah, like you're getting that, yeah, where you have Khalid and Percy kind of playing the, you know, banging – hard nose grinding back and you have not that they're not capable of breaking things and you have Jawan kind of filling the home run hitter role that mm-hmm. we saw from Cardin at times in that run um the last those 16 17 teams yeah I mean that's really pretty exciting and, and then still having Van Horse and I, I think Van Horse he did have a catch this week again I mean he's proven to be a seems to be very capable in both pass protection and in catching the ball um you know, so maybe even more of a prototypical third down back. I, I mean, they're not using anybody that way, but it's a, it just seems to be a nice – they're starting to complement each other instead of feeling like – I think we felt the first couple of games like they were competing or we didn't know who was shaking it out. And maybe the three of them are starting to feel like they, have a, they each have a role and they're settling in. Well, I mean, they each had 
13 or 14 carries. Yeah. The team rushed the ball 56 times. Well, and it's 2019. Yeah. (laughs) My second thing was going to be the fumbles. I mean, there's no doubt that's just killing the team. I mean, I I don't know what to say. They win this game going away if they don't just hand Stony Brook points. And I think a lot of their bigger swings, too, because I mean, they had a couple where they fumbled either in the red zone or right on the verge of red zone, and Stony Brook went down and scored. So you're looking at 10 or 14 point swing. Right, and it was all the big names that were involved, right? The yeah. first one was back in their own end. They sort of handed Stony Brook a touchdown, and that was Danucci and Hamilton having a miscommunication on a, mm-hmm. the mesh play. And then Percy had a fumble, and I think uh, Dylan, was Dylan, it Dylan Stapleton had the, the so other Riley. Riley. They were Riley, Riley got one back, right. Yeah, yeah. Both, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, these were like – it's not like we can say, oh, young guys in there, you know – not ready or something. These were the big names for JMU, but they've got to clean that up. I mean, between that, I mean, the way they're playing in the, in, on defense, in the back end of that defense, they can't afford to be giving away possessions to other teams right now. Um, I think JMU is, you know, really capable of lining up. And, and one thing, I mean, just to set everybody back again, you know, not to say this was a fun game to watch because it wasn't, but they've had a, they, they have almost 1,100 yards in these two games against yeah. Elon on the road at Elon and Stony Brook, who are contenders in the conference. Like this is not a problem with the structure, the infrastructure of the offense, you know, um, as the, the line is moving the ball. Well, so I, I'm pretty pleased. I mean, it's hard to be that upset when they score thir- what 40, where are we at? 45 points, you know, or 38 in regulation. And- well, to, to score that many with five turnovers is astounding. It is. Um, right. But to need to score that many <laughs> yeah. week so in, week out. Is, what about the is, other is, side of the ball, Rob? What, what I mean, there's you... no sugarcoating it. Like, yeah. The, the pass D is just bad. Yeah. It, it, we've been saying, oh, it's struggling. It's, you know, it's got to get – it's just bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, they had a great one. Jamie Sports News did a great it play, was breakdown. Awesome. That, fits. Yeah. yeah, way to go. I mean, that was really cool. Um, definitely check it out if you get a chance. He broke it down with some good video and everything. But um, – it just they gave up over twenty yards of reception, yeah. and Tyquell Fields is a nice player. He to me he's a big step up from Carbone. Big, he was a good player. He's a good player. He's a good player. Yeah. But still, he's completing fifty percent of his passes. Like it wasn't like he was just you know um, getting some sort of volume play where it's no. like oh three hundred yards because he had thirty something completions. He only had like twelve or twelve or fifteen mm-hmm. completions. It was twenty one yards a catch. You mm-hmm. can't do that. Nothing against Fields, but he's not the sort of quarterback they're going to see Saturday, and he's certainly not Flacco. No, um, it's scary. So, like, I'm I'm starting to wonder. You know, everybody says like offenses need to be balanced. You know, you right, know, right. I'm starting to wonder if the defense is too one dimensional. Like, are they so focused on stopping, stopping the, the run, run. Uh-huh. that it's screwing up the pass defense? I um, gotta think there's some element of still learning the system a little bit. Yeah, and that, but if that's you look at it, it's excuse. also just dudes just getting beat, like. I mean, the, the, I safety, agree. the safety's yeah. got to know how to take an angle. When yep. you're running at 90 degree angles to a guy, and by the time you get there, he's 10 yards down the field, or, or you're, you're kind of caught that moment of indecision. Oh, right. do I go left? Do I go right? If you're the only guy hoping, you've you got to, I mean, tell, you know, you know yeah. better than I am playing, you know, having yeah, yeah. played receiver and everything, but sometimes you got to go for it. You can't have the indecision. And if you're wrong, you're mm-hmm. wrong. But mm-hmm. if you're kind of hedging, you're screwed either way. And it just looked like, you know, five games into the season, guys don't look like they know where they're supposed to be. Or sometimes, you know, you've got blitzes going, but there's, there's no press coverage or like, it's just, it's just weird. Like they mm-hmm. don't appear to be 
trying to slow the guys down coming off the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. when that extra half second or second make a difference. Um, so yep. I don't know. It was, it was really concerning. And you start to wonder, like, would you be content giving up 130 yards a game on the ground <laughs> right. if instead it meant 60. It, instead, right. instead of 60 and getting torched for 300? Um, yeah. I, and, you know, we've seen this. It's so funny because even with two different schemes from Trot to Heatherman this year, um, we've talked about this and watching what Jack Fitzpatrick uh, I think that's a well, yeah. Watching the JMU Sports News compilation today, one thing that struck me was JMU really sends a lot of guys in and they leave guys situations. out on islands. Yeah, yeah, and they do leave guys out on islands. But the last few years, they left guys out on islands. And we talked about this when Jimmy got drafted. Occasionally, Jimmy and Rashad got beat. Yeah, but they were right there. I mean, it wasn't. I, I, maybe I said it wrong by saying they got beat. Guys made plays on them. Yeah, they gave up. Right, they, they were, gave up completions. They were but, right in the guy's pocket, but the guy had a better position and, you know, had better, you know, he went for the ball better, you know. Um, there, there were guys that were just trailing receivers by two and three yards this week. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think early in the season we made some excuses. Um, we made, you know, we were we are still being patient. Rashad was out this week. I did see Signetti think that Rashad is coming back. But, um, you know, Rashad was out. And we talked even early in the season when he was in, he was still kind of working his way back in. We were willing to be patient with him. And then the safeties, I think at least up until this week, I've kind of thought like Adam Smith, those guys, Jansel Amos, those are good players. And to me, safety seems like the kind of position that is the last one to get into the fit of a new scheme. And so I was willing to be more patient with them as well. But this week it wasn't just guys injured or safeties learning. There was, other corners in there who struggled. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Right. I mean, I think the last one, the long pass that fields had where he rolled out to the left or got out of the pocket a little bit to the left, that was a little harder to, that was a, you know, you're covering for a long time, a long way down the field, but some of the other ones. Yeah. I mean, if you're sending six or seven guys blitzing, you better be right there. You better be right there. And you've got no linebackers. And, and then you've got the safety you 20 yards deep. I mean, remember when they played East Carolina? Even if you commit some pass interference penalties. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're going to send people, you better be ready to be right there. Yeah. But they so, weren't even close enough. They to weren't even field. close this week. Right. Particularly some of the so, crossing routes. It's like guys are catching in stride. Mm-hmm. Fields is making nice throws, but it's easy to throw to somebody who's got a three or four yard lead. Yeah. And that's on, on the defender. I, I, here I am like contradicting myself, but Sometimes with as talented as I think, and, and I don't think, I mean, we talked to Evangelista about this. Even the guys coming in off the bench, we have speed at yeah. every one of those spots out there. That's what's so odd. So guys, it's not like we're, run by. Right. It's not like we're getting beat by superior athletes or something. Um, and you're right. It's just like they're not, I don't know whether you're not going for it, or maybe you're just not comfortable with where you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to do in a certain situation. And you can't just kind of turn it loose and play without thinking. I, I don't know, but it's a major concern going forward. And I'm with you, if, especially on the crossing routes, you are left to wonder if would we be better off, like, you know, leaving a linebacker spying or leaving Wayne Davis more available to cover some of those, you know, or be in the middle um, instead of sending so many guys. I don't know. It's going to be a real test to see. Uh, this week is going to be a major test. Villanova. As a, you know, we'll get that in a second, but th- this is going to be a, a big one. I so, guess the, the positive is like, it's all there on film. And like you said, these guys are talented. Yes. Um, it does appear to just be like indecision or hesitancy or, or reluctance to go. 
So if you can just make it through repetition, see it on the film, and just going, like, they're talented enough to do it. I have no doubt in my mind. Even mm-hmm. the young guys that haven't seen the field, like you said, they've got speed. They can keep up with these people. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it, it seems fixable, but it mm-hmm. was bad on Saturday night. Yeah. It was really it, bad. It was. Um, and I don't really know where else to go. They're going to have to pick it up. One encouraging thing for me today, Rob, and we, we talk about this every few weeks, I think, but we, we forget that these are kids. Mm-hmm. Um, kids that have been ranked in the top one or two all season since the preseason, expected to be great, uh, have, you know, I, I think sort of, you know, for the most part, lived up to their billing. And uh, Signetti talked about he thought that they would be – you could just hear in his voice a lot more confidence going into – coming home and going to this game coming up, even though I think Villanova's probably a better team. And he said that last week coming off the Elon win, which was so dominant that he wondered if, um, you know, he said, kids listen, but it doesn't always sink in mm-hmm. when you're trying to tell, when, when they feel pretty good about themselves. And he said, this week, when we go to watch film and get ready for next week, I have a feeling those kids are going to listen yeah. when, when they sort of blew that game and, you know, weren't supposed to be in that position. And I think they got a real scare. And, you know, I, I think that is very true. And we just forget that we're t- dealing with 18 to 19, 20 year old kids. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's <laughs> important. And, and one of the themes of the past couple of weeks is how they've answered early punches. You know, they've been punched mm-hmm. early and then they've responded. Well, they were getting punched all the way through the fourth quarter in overtime and they didn't wilt. So right. I think particularly given that these are kids, we right. got to give them credit for that. Like even guys, if it's not going their way, nobody was hanging their heads. Right. Um, they all appear to be fired up, you know. The defense, it was close in the end, but they did make plays in overtime. Uh, right. I, I think there is reason for optimism. Mm-hmm. And maybe the, the real positive is, wow, this was the game where things could have completely fallen apart a la uh, New Hampshire last year. Mm-hmm. And they still won. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that, that really would be kind of the mature takeaway. The, the non-emotional fan in me is like, if you were telling somebody else, a fan of another team, you'd be like, hey, man, your team had one of those games, but they still pulled it out. You should be happy. That's, yeah, that's I, probably how we should be feeling ourselves. Yeah, yeah. There's it, things to worry about, but like, whoa, they just turned over five times on the road and still hung in there, didn't back down, and managed to get out with the W. Well, that's what I looked around the FCS a little bit Saturday, late Saturday night, and and I was like, wow, you know, UC Davis lost again mm-hmm. um, to North Dakota. Um, South Dakota State was in a little bit of a dog fight. Like these, you know, there are teams losing, and when they when you think. And I wasn't like, oh, that team's terrible because they lost. I was just thinking, oh, that's interesting, you know. No, and, and, <laughs> and I know we said the, we don't want to look forward and compare everything like it's, oh, how's this matchup for Frisco? Right. But base, I'm seeing the same thing you are. You look around FCS, it appears to be North Dakota State, and then a sizable gap yep. to everybody else. Well, and, and, and I think Jamie, yeah, and maybe even two. North Dakota State, and then like a group of like four or five, six teams, including JMU, in another little tier. And then everybody else after that, I'm not really sure. What's I'm saying? Like, I think there's a number of good teams who could challenge, but we're kidding mm-hmm. ourselves if, I mean, there's a reason they've won all these damn championships. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm so sick of it. But, like, yeah. they have separated themselves. And, right. And until somebody knocks them off more than once, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. So, yeah, I don't think there's, like, any reason to panic. Um, I, I am – Maybe either optimistic or foolish enough to believe that the Patsy will improve mm-hmm. just based on talent alone. Mm-hmm. And we saw, you know, what the coaches were able to do at Maine last year. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it'll get there. But um, maybe this was a good thing. 
Maybe like like well, Sidney was saying, focus everybody, get together. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is like, it, it's not one of those teams where you see people yelling at each other on the sidelines. Um, like, say no. what you want about Nuch, no. I know the fan base is all over and people are oh, coming no. around now. The team has never seemed to waver. I mean, well, and I saw a lot to... of the team seem to uh, really had some things to say rallying around him after yeah. the game this week, right? Like, I... Jamie has been really fortunate in that I think Short absolutely was the leader of this mm-hmm. team. Vadley the same way. Um, Nuch seems like Nuch seems like he is the guy. Mm-hmm. He seems to have more fun than anybody else out there. Mm-hmm. You know what he's playing, but like he seems to command the respect of the team and the, com- the guys seem to have confidence in him. Mm-hmm. That's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been very fortunate now. This is kind of the third quarterback in a row we can say that about. Mm-hmm. Todd, you and I have been fans for a long time. There were a number of years oh. where you, you, you did not think that – I mean, we didn't even have any stability at the, at the position no. whatsoever. But even, even when you had guys play well for a stretch, you didn't get the sense that the – bought in. No, I think that's a really – Good point there. Um, and I think Signetti, just listening to between the lines of his press conferences, he mm-hmm. is really walking a fine line with his quarterback between being really impressed with some of the things that Danucci can do that other kids can't versus mm-hmm. also trying to keep him in check a little bit. Yeah. Um, he seems to be pretty consistent in pointing out plays that were missed in the passing game in particular. Um, you know, in ter- like he was talking about the Riley Stapleton play. Was it the one in overtime where he got down yeah. near the goal line? And mm-hmm. he's like, well, he actually missed Brandon Polk wide open for the touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's a little bit of like, eh, you know, trying to keep but it I, in check, I think. I mean, he would say, well, Ben will be the first one to tell you, you know, that kind of stuff. But I think that's good communication. I think there's certain guys you can do that to. I there's do certain too. guys that respond to yelling. There's certain guys who respond to kind of an arm around the shoulder. Mm-hmm. I, I think whatever he's doing with Nooch appears to be working. Mm-hmm. Um, Last week or last year, you never really knew. It, I understood the criticisms, and it did seem like kind of Nuch's play wavered with his confidence. This year, he just seems to be just having so much fun and playing well and mm-hmm. confident himself. And he seems to be addressing all the things people point or his coach points out, you know, in other yeah. games. So I think it's working. I mean, you got to trust the guy, the, the football lifer <laughs> knows how to communicate, knows how to you know, definitely knows more get than we do. His players. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Rob, as we pivot and start to look to this week, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I'll go first here. I, I just was going to say, I mean, I'm just really looking forward to seeing, seeing them at home. Uh, it's been a while. feels like it's been a long time since we've been yep. back at Bridgeforth. And it's also interesting, right? They went to Tennessee, North Carolina, Stony Brook. Uh, two of those trips, the trip to Chattanooga and the trip up to Long Island, were playing, you know, pretty extensive travel for the kids. Uh, I know we're middle-aged and who knows, but you know, you travel three weekends in a row. You feel that t- it catches up with you too. Yeah. And it doesn't catch up with you necessarily while you're out on the field, but it's during the week, it becomes a grind, you know, um, film and everything. And now they sort of have three weeks at home, um, probably three better teams than the three they just faced, mm-hmm. but they play, you know, Villanova. Then they go just right down the road to William and Mary, who, by the way, you know, put a real scare into Villanova. And then they come back home for Towson for homecoming. Uh, so, you know, this is, I, this is really the stretch. If you look at the season, they got through the three game road trip. And now I think they play the three, the, at least the three game stretch that now having seen some data on all the teams, this looks like the real make or break stretch of the season in terms of, you know, the talent across the ball, you know, they'll, uh, not that's not to disparage some of the teams at the down the stretch, but you know, putting a rival, a semi-rival like William & Mary, who is clearly a 
talented offensive group um, in between Villanova and Towson, the other two top 10 teams. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is it. And they're fortunate to be at home. Should have a, I imagine they'll have a pretty close to a full house uh, this Saturday for family weekend. And I'm pretty sure they looks like they don't have almost a full house already for homecoming three weeks out. So, you know, my big thing is just getting to see them at home and hopefully the kids look a little fresher. Um, you know, they sort of got through this trip. Maybe some of the pressure's off a little bit. I hope. Yeah, so. I, I, I agree with all that. I'm, I'm actually confident. I was very confident going into the last, last Saturday's game mm-hmm. and I thought it was going to be a blowout. And well, I was wrong, but they still won. Um, I think this is going to be a bit of a wake up call. And if you can have a wake up call, through the form of, of a close win, mm-hmm. I think that says says speaks volumes about the way the season is going. Um, I think changes will be made. I'm not I'm not going to try to break the X and O's down for this, but they're going to do something scheme wise to address the pass the pasty. Um, right. Whether it means moving Davis around or, or dropping a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing about about Tyquell Fields is he really was a threat to to run. So you had to concern that. I can see the idea of let's get after him. Um, you know, he's only 50% passer. They rolled the dice. Yeah, you know, kind of worked, kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Villanova presents a very big challenge, big. but a different sort of quarterback mm-hmm. where maybe you're, you're going to attack him a different way and maybe you, you sit back and wait. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just I'm curious to see how they make improvements, and I do believe they will make improvements. Um, again, maybe I'm just foolishly optimistic, <laughs> but I, I think we're going to see them improve. I'm not going to be upset if they give up, you know, 120 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they did a really good job, Sonny Brook. I know that guy eclipsed the century mark, but um, they they, sh- they shut him down for most of the game. He had a couple of big runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's bound to happen in a game like that. So I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to be a big win. I think this is going to give them a ton of momentum kind of going into the, the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that too. I mean, so for anybody who doesn't know, this uh, quarterback for Villanova is a graduate transfer from Campbell. A uh, team that has moved up, you know, what are they in the Big South now? And kid that you know has run and thrown for a whole lot of yards at a little bit, you know, slightly lower level of competition over the years, mm-hmm. and transferred to Villanova and has just been really, really successful, um, you know, so far this season. So this is going to be a fun one for sure. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't think there's any two ways about it. But we're looking forward to it. Certainly hoping to get uh, some players back in the secondary, and if, if nothing else, for a little depth and you know, maybe break up the rhythm a little bit, but we'll see. Rob, a uh, couple, I guess we should note tonight. I don't know if you have anything else, but uh, on our LOL spider section, um, <laughs> they did get a win this week. So Yeah, but th- th- that's almost like the state is. of the spider program is such that they're legitimately excited about beating Albany. That's right. Yep. Like Albany, like, like that is a big one. Like that, they're like, ex- and all 14 fans Mm-hmm. Are excited because they thought they were going to lose to Albany. That's right. And they won. Like, yeah. I mean, no offense to Albany, but that's like yeah. cheering when you don't lose on a bye week. Like Bob it, Ford Field. Yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it, it's, that's not a pro looking to really contend week in, week out. <laughs> right, um, right, right. I mean, that was kind of like the seller bowl to see who could get out of it. And maybe now, you know, Richmond might avoid the relegation zone right. if, if it's a good year. But, um, I don't know. So I, I kind of got a kick out of the fact that that was a game that at least had them nervous and chalk went up for them. Yay, you beat Albany. Perennial, <laughs> perennial cellar dweller. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that LOL Spiders. We will uh, see what happens next week. Um, hopefully we're not setting ourselves up for a massive disappointment later in the season. Um, oh, no, there's going to be some comically bad ones. Yeah. Bad losses. So, Rob, my last thing tonight, I, instead of our traditional overtime kind of enjoying something, 
you know, this is off topic in terms of JMU, but a little more on topic in terms of college sports. I wanted to just say a few words. We did. We kind of got caught up in other things last couple of weeks about the new California law uh, related to name and likeness for players. That's been mm-hmm. getting a lot of press, but I, you know, look, I, I play a lawyer. I'm not a real one. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't, I don't do this kind of work. I don't know. I'm not claiming to be an expert on this, but in my opinion, there's been a lot of like misinformation. Um, I do work in higher ed and it's been kind of interesting to, follow the way the story is being covered as if everyone gets dug in politically about this story as if like this is about athletes getting paid or not getting paid um you know that may be coming down the road but first of all everyone should know even the california law is not supposed to go into effect until 2023 so there's a good bit of time uh secondly i'm sure there's going to be all kinds of litigation about this the ncaa has already you know signaled that they're willing to go to bat on this i wonder if they might not back down because what I really want to talk about is this is about name and likeness on an individual player basis. It's not actually about paying the players at an institutional level. Now, no one's come up with a way to, you know, how players are going to form their own businesses or how schools might manage that. I'm just kind of left to wonder if the NCAA, I actually think this might be a good one for them to cave on in some way. And like, it seems allow like this. you could, because otherwise yeah, you're really t- walking into some antitrust issues down the road. If you try to do it any other way, where this seems like something they could actually cave on, right? So an individual player could, for example, if the Eastern Motors, Eastern Motors, yes, but also, right, they could make a deal, presumably like the Pac-12, the Big East, whoever could make a deal with the video game makers Mm -hmm. to filter that money down so that players who are represented in the game are getting some kind of money. That was obviously that's what's kept this in the news in California for a very long time is the old Ed O'Bannon lawsuit about video games. Um, mm-hmm. So that would, that's the use of your name and likeness. I have been thinking about this from an unintended consequence standpoint. It's the Buddy Garrity's hire, hiring a guy to work at their car dealership for $15,000 a week. Right. Now, we know this has been going on all the way back to the Mike yeah. Collier. It's just, it's just <laughs> now above board. It's now <laughs> above board, right? But I, it, and not only is it above board, but it applies across the board, right, in all sports, at all levels. So – you know, clearly football players at Alabama are going to make, you know, stand to potentially gain more from this than football players at Georgetown, right? <laughs> and yeah. the opposite is true in basketball or whatever. Um, but the other thing I wonder is how is it going to, what's the effect on recruiting, right? So, you know, I, one thing I thought about from the unintended consequence part. So if you're going to go to Virginia Tech and you're a kid in the state who's going to go to Virginia Tech or UVA, presumably the schools that would give the best, their best players are going to have the most opportunity of any athletes in this state, this Commonwealth to potentially earn a little extra money, right. Or earn some Mm -hmm. extra money. But if you're going to go and sit on the bench for four years at the university of Virginia versus go to a school like JMU or ODU and be the star player in a sign autographs to the local college. Correct. And you get a deal with uh, O'Neill's grill or Jack Brown's to eat, you know, have a fancy burger named after you if you're you know, Liam Fernandel yeah. burger, you know, like, yeah. um, and, and what about some of the non-revenue sports? Think about a school like Wichita state, right. Who doesn't put any focus on football. Well, you want to go to Alabama and be the basketball person where you're the 19th sort of 19th on the totem pole in Tuscaloosa to get paid, or you're going to go to Wichita state and be the first guy in line, you know? And I thought about it for, I thought about it. What really made me think about it was Megan good. 
And I was thinking about mm -hmm. a, an athlete like her in the Valley, right? There's not a lot of money to go around in the Shenandoah Valley for these kind of things. But I'll tell you one thing, if I'm a, a you know, a local business in the Valley, I, I think I'd want Megan Good over just about anybody at the school last year, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if I could have someone out there pitching my brand or that I want to be associated with, I'd sign her up over Matt Lewis, right? I, I don't mean that bad to Matt Lewis. I just mean he's just a, a guy on the team that doesn't win a lot, <laughs> you know, yeah. right? And I, where Megan Good is, a re you know, she's a star player from the Valley who's a recognizable face in the community after four or five years of great success. But the difference is if you're up here and you're running a camp, basketball camp. Oh, for sure. You, you want him out. And you do. Because you pay him to put his name on the flyer and say, you know, come to whenever. So it's those basketball camps featuring, you know, that, that's mm -hmm. where you get into it. Um, or could they run their own camps? You know, coaches have always said it's so weird. Like, you, you look at, like, the yeah. weird kind of ethical situations or, or kind of gray mm -hmm. areas that the NCAA has created where, like, it's okay for the coaches to get all this side income but the players can't. And like you said, for me, this would be the easiest way to cave because it's coming and it's going to get ugly. Right. Um, and if they could just do this and be like, hey, you know what? You're basically like any other student, plus you get to go to school for free and play sports, you know? Right. But right. we're not going to prevent you from getting an internship from that one alum who only hires JMU basketball players or who only right. hires JMU lacrosse players. You know, That's right. we've all benefited from it, or most of us have benefited in some other mm -hmm. way. We've gotten... Mm -hmm breaks because of our JMU status as students or um or these dummy rules right I mean clearly the JMU field hockey program wants college field hockey players working at the JMU field hockey camp yes even if that camp is the Christy Morgan camp and not technically the JMU camp yes right and the fact that she can only pay the athletes x some, amount yeah x amount that's you know kept artificially low by the NCAA is ridiculous when she could pay a high school coach from down the street from like Turner Ashby who doesn't know you know sorry or, or ass from a field hockey ball yeah. compared to the star player on the JMU team she can pay the assistant JV coach more than she can pay that player who has much more knowledge to offer and should be compensated more fairly right and that's that's where the like part of this I, I don't know I, I mean who knows where it's going and maybe I'm getting off track there because maybe that is about paying a player versus the name and likeness but name and likeness is signing autographs signing jerseys getting free tattoos in exchange for you know letting them take a picture of you and put it on the wall right yeah it's video games it's being able to write a book and sell it or being able to you know well jerseys work for, right, jerseys sell your jerseys or, or maybe work for, do something that's non-athletic related yeah I was thinking about Mark Titus, the guy who, you know, for years wrote for Bill Simmons, who was on the Ohio State basketball team as a walk-on. Yeah. And here's a guy who wasn't even on scholarship. And he's writing for Grantland and ESPN, and he's not getting paid because he's a walk-on player at Ohio State, you know? Although like, now he, he's, he's well, created now he's a scholarship. Paid. And well, yeah. he's also creating a scholarship. Creating a scholarship for walk-ons, walk right? Yeah. Which is awesome. So, But it is. I mean, something said for, like, can you just go to the local restaurant opening and things like that? Like, yeah. It, 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 it and instead of having sense. this like it, wink, wink, like I can't even give you a plate of wings. Yeah. <laughs> it can be like, you know what? I'll give you a hundred dollars and a plate of wings, if, which is what you really should get. Cause that's what we would give to like the mayor or, or, or like, the local morning DJ. Right. You know, who comes right. to open the car wash. 
That's right. 300 right. bucks or something or whatever. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I so. don't think this is going to be like a windfall and like completely screw everything over. And, oh no. Amateurism is dead. And it's just going to make it a little more above board. Um, yeah. And like anything else, it will, uh, sure. Will it lead to more things? And is this potentially a gateway to bigger issues? Yes, it is. Um, but I think the re- my thing I want to focus on tonight was I think the reporting on this has been a little, it's a lot of people from like the business and newsroom side writing about a sports thing that clearly have like not sat with the law and read that this is about name and likeness. It's not about quote, like the players. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. We're not talking about like, um, you know, having to pay benefits and all that stuff yet. So just, you know, let's wait and see. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have any doubt now that South Carolina and I think Illinois have both started to get in line to, I mean, Clemson's not going to get left behind by USC on this. Uh, no, the other, this is know, one of those things where, like, I mean, this is part of the problem that um, the cost of attendance was trying to fix. Like, yeah. it, it, players had trouble getting legitimate jobs because people are alleging, like, oh, you're only hiring because they're football players. And right. Now you can just be like, yeah, we're just hiring because they're football players um, right. to do X. But it also I right. think, makes it easier for them to apply for regular internships and not kind of all the ire of the NCAA. And you know, I, I kind of find that's the way the world works. LSU um, business and he only wants to hire LSU. Have at it. I don't care. And if you want right. to pay him exorbitant, exorbitantly, or if he just wants to give them cush jobs so he can be known as the guy in town in Baton Rouge who mm-hmm. only hires it, like it, everybody gets their gets gets a little something in their pocket. Mm-hmm. So what? And for years, it just it's crazy because these college athletes nowadays, it's like full time job, right? And going to school. So if they can get a little something on the side, because many of them aren't able to dedicate the time to really compete for like the full-time internships that a lot of regular students can. Um, right. If you get some little bit of spending money, that's great. It's people are acting like they're all going to be running around driving Mercedes and <laughs> ruining college campuses. And that's not the case. Well, and again, I don't think it we'll changes anything. At, yeah. I'm sorry. It doesn't change anything at Clemson football or Duke basketball. No. If, if you don't think that kind of thing has been going on quietly forever, then you're not paying attention. Correct. But it is going to change it at a place like JMU where they think, we'd like to think, you know, try to have a focus on compliance. And they do care about trying to do what's best for their kids and not get them in trouble academically or, their, you know, put their long-term futures in jeopardy for kids that aren't probably going to make, you know, millions of dollars playing pro ball. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it just everybody take a step back on that one. And, uh, you know, we got plenty of time to freak out when the time comes on that one. Yeah, so, it's interesting to yeah. see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So that's about all we got tonight, Rob. I'm uh, really looking forward to being back in Bridgeport this week. We're going to have a good time. And uh, I'll well, not, be looking. Not, not to end on a sad note, but I don't know if you saw the news. Um, Tom Martin passed away today. I did. Longtime I... soccer coach mm-hmm. and Jamie professor. So um, just condolences to, to his family and the Jamie family. That guy was really a nice, nice guy, first of all. I, I had the pleasure mm-hmm. of meeting him at a couple of Duke mm-hmm. Club events. Very successful soccer coach. Touched a lot of people. Sure Very well-respected professor. Um, really tough news to hear, but just thinking of you, coach, and uh, your family, and, and um, yeah, it was just a in contact with. Very recent uh, inductee to the JMU Hall of Fame. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Um, sad news there. We're thinking of Coach Martin's family and, and all the JMU soccer family. But a life well lived, you know. It's, you you got to celebrate things like this. He, he touched mm-hmm. a lot of people, not just players, students, and, and fans. Um, 
Yeah. Well, he's got to be happy with. Talking. I'm sure very happy with the way the team has been playing the last few weeks. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And now they got a little something extra to play for. You know? They sure do. So, and Rob, I will talk to you next Monday after uh, what has turned into a number one or number two versus number four matchup. I know this is a big one. This is mm-hmm. this is one I, I did not expect to be so big. Points eighteen that kind of came out of nowhere and. We didn't know which one it would be, but it looks like it's Villanova. So. Yeah, and I think you actually predicted it might be Villanova. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will talk to you next Monday. Yeah, have a good week, everybody. Right. Go Dukes.